Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Five beneficiary mistakes is on the docket today. Are you accidentally spoiling your retirement plan? That's what we're going to get into on this episode. We'll address five, unfortunately, common beneficiary mistakes. So if you're making some of these, uh, there, a lot of these are pretty easy to fix. So it's just a matter of getting things done, taking the time, taking the action. Mike, my friend, welcome in. How are you? Good, sir. I'm doing well, Mark. I hope you are, and I uh, hope everybody listening in today is. I don't know exactly at the time we're making this live or that you're listening what the weather is, but uh, we're in the winter here, and at uh, North Carolina, it can be pleasantly warm or it can be bitterly cold. <laughs> it could not know and what it's doing. Yep. We just have no idea what it might be doing at this time, right. but I hope you're enjoying whatever it is. There you go. Well, it's late January, so we'll be getting, uh, we're getting there. We're inching our yep. way closer to some warmer temps. But uh, I, I want to get right into this one this week, Mike. We've got five beneficiary mistakes. And again, some of these are pretty darn easy to fix, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of getting it done. Uh, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Uh, or as uh, George Bush said uh, many years ago, rocket science tree. <laughs> it doesn't have to be rocket science tree. Uh, yeah, uh, so naming minors as beneficiaries, number one on my list. Uh, okay. So tell me a little bit about that because there is some sticking points if you go with a minor, correct? There is. Number one, a minor can't make contracts. A minor can't uh, open accounts in their own name. Uh, so if a child, a person that's under 18 in most states, is a beneficiary of some asset, be it a, a retirement plan or insurance proceeds or something like that, they can't receive it. Uh, so you have to have a guardian named and typically you get a court involved. And I don't mean that you got to go into a courtroom and right, right. Uh, have a jury and all that kind of stuff, but a, you know, a magistrate would uh, uh, name a guardian. And a lot of people think, okay, so that's fine. You know, probably their grandparents or uh, so, you know, something like a parent, uh, right. surviving parents, say something like that, would be named. Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, yeah, typically, they try and go with that, but there could be extenuating circumstances where the magistrate says, "No, I'd rather have an attorney do this or somebody else." So, yeah, it's not it's not the best thing to have because you do limit yourself as far as how the funds could be handled. Uh, for the child, and uh, so you know, it's a good idea to check things and make sure if you do run out of adult beneficiaries for things, <laughs> uh, have a trustee name for the child, which may involve, involve drawing a trust, or it could just be that the uh, provider of the benefit that, you know, the insurance company or whatever, you can name a person to act as custodian for the yeah, minor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So that's the first one. Second one, not coordinating your beneficiary designation and your will, to your point, you just talked a little bit about a trust. So getting some of these things in place are super important. Uh, but this one's really important, Mike, because the BD, it trumps the will. So it doesn't matter, you know, if you wanted, if you said in your will, you want everything to go to your, you know, favorite cousin, Eddie, right? If your beneficiary says it goes to your least favorite cousin, Steve, well, that's where it goes, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Ownership, beneficiary designations, um, all those things come into play with who gets what. And so in in a will, the only thing that the will deals with is stuff that goes through your estate. And um, if you have a beneficiary named on something, that does not go through your estate. Yeah. 
want. So you you definitely want to make sure that it everybody that you want to have get stuff is named in the proper place. I mean, this is a pretty straightforward one. You don't want your will saying, like you said, one thing and then yeah. you go out and you, you get this IRA account and you name somebody else. Um, and it's such an easy mind. fix. It takes, you know, just a few minutes, like sign, you know, just a couple of a forms, of just That's a, right. you know, just a change. And, and often we know the cliche here, Mike, is. We see, you know, in a world where we have such a high divorce rate, it's inevitable. Every every advisor I talk to has a story or two or nine about someone who came in, and sure enough, you know, they were going through it, and they had an ex spouse on some yep. old policy sitting there they had totally forgotten about, right? Or an old pension plan yep. as a survivor yep. benefit or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and it creates a heck of a headache and a lot of costs and mm-hmm. more trouble than it's worth to just to take something that you could fix in ten minutes. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty pretty easy to do. Yep. So all right. So that's number two. Number three. Okay. Uh, kind of maybe back to your first point on the minor one. Maybe naming an alternate or a successor beneficiary. Uh, right. It's not often, Mike, that that both you know. Let's say, uh, you know, both parents would pass at the same time, but they could, right? It's a possibility it could be in an accident, uh, and uh, and maybe you've got your spouse named as your beneficiary, but you both pass at the same time, and you didn't have an alternate, right? So is there is there a good importance for that? Oh, definitely is, because if, if there's not someone named, then it does go to the estate, and, and it's going to be subject to probate. Which is not the end of the world, but it's not private. There is some fee and expense and there's time involved, which could generate additional costs because of who you have do that. If it's an attorney or something like that, they obviously have to be paid for their time. And, um, you know, if it's uh, an individual, they might make mistakes if they're trying to do it on their own and you have more costs. So. It's uh, it is very important that um, you you have someone named, and and one of the things you can do if your children, say for instance, are um, adults, or uh, and and that means you know over forty. Uh, <laughs> no, but if they if they are uh, majority age, eighteen or older, you could always name the spouse as the beneficiary on the account or right. the. Uh, insurance policy and put a designation on there called per stirpes, which says that their lineal descendants, in other words, the children uh-huh. or the grandchildren in place of them as it passes through, uh, as as they become um, the next in line, they are the automatic beneficiaries. Gotcha. So it's not necessarily the best way to do it, but it, it is a way to take care of things if you're not at a point where you have things set up in your will or your trust or what have you to handle beyond the first death. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't I never understood why they call legal ease legal ease, right? It usually is never easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. Uh and, yeah, purse turpies. What a what a funny word. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh okay. Number four. Uh and you mentioned this a little bit, so let's dive into this. Naming your estate as a beneficiary. Mm. Yeah, right. Uh, this right. can create some interesting issues as well. So naming an estate. So you definitely want to make sure you're working with an elder law attorney uh, if you do mm. set up a trust or things of that nature so that you can get this stuff all named correctly because this can cause a, a few issues too. It can. And you know, there are some things that uh, come into play when you get assets into the estate as opposed to going to people that you desire by way of the uh, beneficiary arrangements or transfer on death designations, which is just a beneficiary arrangement on an investment account uh-huh. or 
paid on death designation, which is a beneficiary arrangement on like a bank account or something like that. You can have all those things avoid going through the estate. And you know, if if something's not in the estate, it's not available to do things like pay debts and that sort of thing. And that's, nobody else owes that debt except for the person. That that's a great, on. yeah, that's a great point. So if you had it listed as an estate, Mike, uh, and mm-hmm. you passed with some debts, the courts could could settle those debts by taking it from the estate before your, you know, successors or anybody gets that stuff, right? So whereas as if yeah, you went with a trust, yeah, right. interesting. That's why they have you uh, advertise the estate for creditors, uh, you know, so, so that everybody comes forward because that's got to be settled. And the IRS is number one in line and then everybody else after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and the conversation of trust, and we'll probably come back and do another podcast on one of those because we've, we've done them before, uh, but mm-hmm. it's certainly a good idea to have that chat is that so many people, I think they hear that and they think, well, it's for rich folks, right? Mm. Um, and it's you. It's really not as expensive as you think it is to get a trust. And in many cases, uh, you know, some modest assets is some is, is worth looking at for many people, right? So it doesn't have to, I think people hear trust and they think, oh, well, I'm not a Rockefeller, so I don't need one. Right, you know? right, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And I'll tell you, um, I, I remember when I first drew one, there's it, such a peace of mind about knowing that you've taken some time, yep. really worked through it. And and it's not it's not a, overburdensome or anything like that. It's just taking a little bit of time to think and yep. talk with someone that can help direct that conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Help you think through it. So yep. it, it is very valuable. Okay. All right. Final one, number five. Uh, and this mm-hmm. one, again, pretty easy stuff to fix, but you want to make sure you do it. Just making errors on the application. Just make sure that you fill out the stuff correctly so that you do have the right beneficiaries oh, and the right yes. social security numbers and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, quite frankly, one of the things I like to do is ask people to periodically pull uh, from the companies that they have accounts with a, a written statement from the company of who their beneficiary is. Uh, to make sure that it is recorded correctly, number one. But number two is, is this still what you intend? Yeah. Uh, making sure that things are up to date and uh, as as you desired and and even that it exists. I mean, I, I, I might ask someone to, you know, be sure and go to the bank and name uh, beneficiaries, put a POD on your bank accounts. And, uh, you know, we do it on their investment accounts r- routinely. Um, so if we don't follow up, Sometimes we find out, oh, my goodness, they didn't do that. And um, so, yeah, um, make sure that, number one, it's done. And then number two, check it to make sure it's correct after you've done that. Um, Yeah, for sure. And, and, and there's the three big D's. I think there's a couple others, but I always forget them. So the three big D's I remember really well is if something happens like a death, a divorce, or a disability, disability. check right. those, right? Uh, and make yeah. sure you're updating those things. Um, exactly. So, yeah, again, pretty easy fixes. So that'll be a short, sweet podcast this week. Five beneficiary mistakes you might be making. Some of these are very easy fixes. And some of these are worth having a conversation about a little bit more elaborate, um, you know, elder law, uh, you know, a state attorney, uh, get an attorney mm-hmm. involved. Work with your CPA, work with your financial professional, you know, get your financial team together to help you get these things dialed in and you you get yourself a lot of peace of mind later on down the pike as well as for yourself and your loved ones and so on and so forth. So, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's not just for the elderly. It is for younger people too. Yeah, that is true. So, you know, the estate planning attorney can really help 
make sure that everything's in good order for you. That's a great point. So there you go. So if you've got some questions around beneficiary mistakes or how to get these things in place or needing some help being strategic with your retirement strategy, reach out to Mike Flanders at Strategic Planning Corporation. Find them online at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. And it's, uh, you can find the podcast links there as well. So you can subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like using. Or you could just type in strategic planning in the search box of one of those apps and subscribe that way by hitting usually the heart button or the follow button or something along those lines. Mike, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I appreciate your time and I will see you in February. Sounds great. And we'll look forward to a happy Valentine's Day. Absolutely. We'll see you next time here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.